Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a podcast. Not only is this a podcast, but it's our journey. A journey that we hope you want to ride out with us as we intend to educate you guys, inspire, talk about past and current experiences, and to make one think to stop judging others. Most importantly, stop judging yourself based on others' views and perceptions. With that said, you'll be hearing from me, myself, Austin Kirshner, but along with our journey on this podcast will be my mother, Kathy Kirshner, and my brother, Dylan Kirshner. With that said, welcome to Silencing of Stigma. We're going back to the roots. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Silencing of Stigma podcast. Uh, We got a new episode today, and we have... Carissa with us today. What's going on, Carissa? Not too much. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, before we get started, I want to talk to my mom a little bit. Oh my gosh. She, uh, Stop it. She came walking in here like... She, uh, I was walking fine. She needed crutches or something. I don't know what's going on with her, but... Uh, so what did you do yesterday? Oh, I went antiquing. Antiquing? Yes. I love oh, it was, so it was great. Oh yeah. my God. We, my sister and I were there and we're like, oh yeah, remember that? Oh, remember that? Oh, remember when we were little? And I don't normally remember our past. Like I try to, I don't know why I've always blocked it out. Same. And it's weird. And she's like, do you remember that? I'm like, I do not remember that. She goes, it sat here. And I'm like, oh, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, grandma Janet had that. Oh yeah. Grandma Shorty had that. Oh, remember That's this. So crazy. It was crazy. And then we were looking at Tonka trucks because I have all calls Tonka trucks yeah. here. And I'm like, oh, how much are they worth? Looking at the dolls that I have, like the Boyd's Bear dolls that I forgot I had. Oh, those Boyd's Bears, they're probably worth a good amount of money, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So my sister's like, how much is that? So, And she was the, on this thing looking for cats where she wouldn't spend more than $10 <laughs> on these cat pictures. So every time we would go in a booth, she's like, oh, I love that picture. And I'm like, oh, it's 20% off or it's 50% off. <laughs> we spent the whole morning. We traveled different places. It was hysterical. And we have a visitor here, a little one with us too. Holding. Hold in. Yeah. And um so we did that and then she's like, Oh, let's go to dinner. So we went to to call Haynes on eighty three because we were coming from okay. Lemoyne. And she had this brilliant idea that after dinner we were gonna go roller skating. Oh my gosh. So I haven't roller skated probably since these kids were like six and I'm over 50 now. So I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure it's been at least 20 years since I had skates on. So we pull into the parking lot of the skating rink and it's all these people dropping their kids off. So it's like teenagers. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, this is embarrassing. And I'm like, okay. Besides all that, I had this bright pink shirt on. So you know what happens when they turn the lights off at a roller skate? You're glowing. Now you're glowing. (laughs) So now I'm glowing. This glowing person, and we get in there, and they're all using those rollerblade things. And me and her, are like, oh no, we totally need the four wheels. They're called the quads. <laughs> so we go get our skates, and I'm like, yeah, I need the quads. <laughs> and we're laughing. I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna go to the bathroom first before I put these skates on. For sure. Put everything <laughs> in this locker. We were laughing. Like I don't even know how I was supposed to move. Did they have the cones there? They didn't have cones. They had these walker things that you could use. <laughs> Saw those. But I was like, no way am I using a walker. So we get out. We, we practice a little bit. And I'm like, I just have to go out on this floor and do this. So I'm literally <laughs> holding the wall. Oh, my gosh. And so you would get brave because you had to pass the other people on the wall if they were going too slow. <laughs> so now you're away from the wall. 
And I, I had these kids that were like constantly in my way that I had to go around. It was so embarrassing. My sister's like flowing through and she says to me, why do you look so stiff? So I'm clearly sure my oh, tongue. Oh, you look stiff coming in here. My tongue was not hanging out, but I'm 100% sure that my arms were swinging crazy. <laughs> and it was all this old, old music. So I knew the music. And my sister's like, how come we can't just dance? And people were like speeding past us and dancing and stuff. So I'm like, I will not fall. I will not fall. So I'm going around this corner and here comes this girl that was holding onto the wall and she let go of the wall <laughs> and she ran into me <laughs> and we both fell oh my and my sister's like, I heard the skid marks. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to stop. So there was this turtle like running into, so now I have a bruised knee, but I got up so graciously <laughs> and found my way off. But it was hysterical. I'm like, so we get in her car afterwards. She fell too. So the expert skaters were doing some kind of dance and they cut her off. And she, my sister gets hot. So she comes up to me. She goes, they haven't pissed me off. <laughs> she said, I fell. She said, at least those guys came back and tried to help you up. They didn't try to help me up. They let me sit there. She said, I got up and went two more times around. I was not going to let them see that they hurt me. <laughs> we got in the car in her Jeep afterwards, and we just cracked up laughing. I'm like, she already is a grandma, and I'm going to be a grandma. I'm like, here's two grandmas roller skating with, like, 18, 20-year-old kids. But there was, like, four or five older people skating that were really good. And these two guys were, like, showing off the whole time. Of course. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this what they have for their life? And so the one guy sits on the bench with us, and he goes, I really give you girls credit. (laughs) He goes there every night. He's been there for 25 years. I'm like, yeah. We are not coming back. Like <laughs> this was fun, but we are not spending every Saturday night at a roller skating rink. So, yeah. So that's why I was limping. When I got up this morning, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I have to call her later because she fell on both of her knees. I only fell, <laughs> but it was fun. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, that's living life every day to the fullest. That's crazy. My grandparents actually met at a roller skating rink Did they? back in whenever that was, 50s, I guess it would have been. Yeah, yeah, my grandpa was an expert roller skater, he always yeah. tells me. <laughs> it's cool to watch. Oh, yeah. But. All right, Carissa. So I remember you reaching back, uh, reaching out to me. I don't know how long ago that was, probably like. Maybe a month. Yeah. Yeah. So you reached out to me and you asked if you could be on the podcast. Well, long story short, uh, Amelia ended up finding out that you were talking to me, I think. And she was like, oh, my sister reached out to you. And I thought it was just <laughs> weird. I was like, yeah, I graduated with her. And, but yeah, now you're both here. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, so let's go with like what's currently going on. And I can kind of go backwards That's if fine. that makes sense. Yep. So currently, okay, so I'm 29 years old. I've been suffering with anxiety and depression for, oh my gosh, since probably I've been... 13, 14 years old. Like it's been for as long as I can remember. Um, it's something that I still struggle with daily, if not hourly and by the minute, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so if we can go back then to like when everything first started, um, I was 13 or 14. Um, I had a group of friends that, um, I would hang out with. They lived, um, two houses down we're not we're not saying names right that's cool yep okay i just want to make sure um we lived two houses down um i would hang out with them every day every other day um whenever we got off of the bus at school 
um, I wasn't allowed to walk to the bus stop when I was younger because it was like three quarters of a mile away from the house. Um, no sidewalks or anything like that in the woods. Okay. So, um, whenever this other, this boy moved into the house, to the house, two, uh, two doors down, there was, um, another girl that lived up behind us. Um, sometimes my mom would let us walk just because, um, there was more than just like me and Amelia, right. two little girls walking yeah. down the street. Um, it was like 10 or 15 years ago, but even still, um, she was always really weird about it. Um, so I had this group of friends that I started hanging out with. Um, and about that time, um, my mom went back to work. She had always been a stay-at-home mom. Um, she went back to work. Uh, she never wanted to work. That was, like, never her intentions whatsoever. You know, agreement was, um, you, husband works, wife stays home, takes care of the children, cleans the house, and, and all that other stuff. So she had gone back to work. Uh, at that point is when I kind of started noticing differences in her, so to speak. Um, on her days off, she wouldn't get up out of bed. Um, if she did get out of bed, she went right from the bed to the couch. Um, if she got up off the couch, it was to maybe get something to eat or drink. But other than that... This is your mom? Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. Other than that, it wasn't... She didn't really do anything. Right. Um, she worked third shift, so I guess I can't really fault her there. But she didn't do much with us anymore they say third shift's tough i couldn't do it i couldn't either no like i appreciate everybody that works third shift because i don't have to um so that's kind of when i started noticing a difference in her so whenever i'm the kind of person like if i start to notice a difference in you i reflect back on myself like what am i doing that's making you feel this way or what's going on between us that's making you different because we you know we always had a good relationship so I'm just, you know, kind of thinking, taking it day by day. Um, Amelia and I were together a lot at that point. If she needed anything, um, I'd make dinner. Um, I would make sure she had, you know, what she needed if she needed to get back and forth to any type of practice or anything, make sure she had rides and stuff because we were cheerleaders and we did baton and stuff when we were younger. Um, And then I really started hanging out with this group of kids. So I would um, not be home like ever. Um, I was 14 years old when I tried weed for the first time with this group of kids. I also want to throw it out there right now that you might be hearing some things for the first time today. Okay. Yes, but Amelia's here with us. Yeah. Amelia's in the background to hanging out with Holden. So, um, I was 14 years old when I, I tried weed for the first time. Um, it was with this group of friends. It was at their house. Um, and their dad had actually gotten it for us, which, I look back on that now and I'm like, whoa, what kind of parent is Carissa going to be? (laughs) I've watched everybody else parent. Now, what kind of parent am I going to be? I know Um, parents out there that do that. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy to me, like at 14 years old, like this is what you're doing with your children. Yeah. I just, it's mind boggling, mind boggling. Um, So I know you talked about like not getting high the first time that you do it. I didn't get high. I was like, this is stupid. Like we're not doing this. Right. Um, but here we are, a couple days later, we are getting out, you know, different apparatuses or whatever you want to call it. There was this big cheese curl, empty cheese curl container that they made like a gravity bong is what it's called. I don't know how to do it, but it was like one of, you know, the big cheese ball containers yeah, or the yeah, big yeah. pretzel containers. Yeah. Yep. Yes, we're smoking out of one of those things. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after the second time, I was like, you know, like this is this is all right. Like, it's fine. And then, you know, after the third or fourth time, like, I was just tired all the time. Like, why am I going to get high and then go to sleep? Like, it's not, 
no. Like that's, if yeah. I'm, I'm going to do something to sleep, like I'm going to take a pain medicine or take a sleeping pill. I'm not going to get high just so I can go to sleep. I'm not going to waste it. Somebody else can have it, like was my thought. Okay. Um, so I still hung around with that group of friends for quite a while. Um, I got high with them sometimes just because, you know, peer pressure. Um, sometimes not so much. I would just sit and, and watch them be idiots. Did that help with your anxiety and depression? Yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Um, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> I promise. Okay. Um, so I hit, I guess, 15, 16. And that's when I really started noticing, like, there's something wrong with me. Like, I'm not happy. I could care less if I got up out of bed. Um, it just, I wanted to do nothing. I wanted to sit in my room. Anything that wasn't in, like, my normal routine, I felt like there was something wrong. Like if I woke up in the morning and you know, you get up and you go to the bathroom and you put your contacts in and then you wash your face and you do this. Like if anything didn't go the way that it was supposed to go, my whole day was ruined is how I felt. Yeah. So, and that would be like the anxiety part of it. Like I, I'm a planner, like don't be throwing change at me. Like my furniture (laughs) in my living room stays the same all the time. Like, that's me. And yeah, that's I'm, me. I am not a change person. Um, so whenever something doesn't go right in my routine, I start to get, um, I guess, anxious would, would be the word. I didn't know that that's what it was then. Yeah. Probably 16, 17 is when it really hit me hard uh, when I got my driver's license. So whenever I got my driver's license, my mom really, like really backed away. Um, as soon as I got my driver's license... I was in charge of taking Amelia to practices. I was in charge of taking, like, picking her up if she needed a ride up. I was in charge of making sure she gets to her friend's house when she wants to go to her friend's houses. Um, most of the time, I was cooking dinner, cleaning up dinner. Um, and that's when I really started noticing, like, there's what, like, there's something wrong with my mom yep. that she's not getting up out of bed. So I tried talking to my dad about it, and I didn't really get very far. Like, it was just, like, she's tired. You know, she'll be fine. Um, so, you know, I went through after getting my driver's license and making sure she got everywhere. Um, I had been working since I was 15. I worked at Godfrey's ice cream shop, which is now maxed by Wendy. Um, I'd been working, so I had gas money. If we needed to go out and get something to eat, we went out and got something to eat. And this is, you know, of no fault of either of my parents. I'm not blaming. My dad works all the time mom was on third shift um and then on her days off she didn't want to get out of bed so if she didn't do it somebody had to mm-hmm. probably around 17 or so is when I finally decided like you need to go and figure something out for yourself like you need to go talk to the doctor because you're not right like you're not right in the head like I didn't have I wouldn't say I had like suicidal thoughts but like I had those thoughts of like why am I here what am I doing? Does anybody really even care? Like if I weren't here, what would happen? Yeah. But I would never like to this day, like I'm not. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't like there, there's so much happy that you can look for. Like you just have to find it, yep. I guess. So when I was you said 17, you were in what junior, you were a junior or sophomore? I was a senior. senior. I graduated at 17. Okay. Yeah. So, um, when so let's go back a little bit to 16 ish um my first really big like i don't want to call it like a manic depressant episode but like a big depressive episode i had this boyfriend who you know when you're in high school they're the perfect thing they're the greatest (laughs) thing you're gonna be together forever um well my best friend slept with him 
when we were like 16 years old. So there was that. And of course, I was the one. Thank you. I was the one that was like, what did I do? Why doesn't he want to be with me? Just because my parents won't let me go to a party at his house where everybody's getting drunk and high. Like, so you sleep with my best friend. That's cool. So after that, I went into like a really low, like bad place, like bad place. And that's, you know, the the same thoughts of why am I here? What am I doing? He doesn't want to be with me. I'm going to die. You know, all that good stuff that you do whenever you're, you're in high school. Um, And did you lose your friend at that point as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted nothing to do with her. You know, he came, he called me and was like, I just want to let you know, they say this happened, but I don't remember it. And I was like, okay, like try that on somebody else. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so of course I was that person that like still wanted to be with a boyfriend, but didn't want to be friends with the best friend. So we didn't talk for quite a while. Um, and then we actually managed to kind of mend things up a little bit. Um, and then whenever I graduated high school, I was, you know, still on my antidepressants. I was on my anti-anxiety. I've been on, I can't even tell you how many different ones I've been on to try and get the right concoction. Um, and then for graduation, my parents decided that we were going to take a trip to St. Martin and that Millie and I could both bring a friend along. Well, at that point, I had mended things up with this best friend. So I was like, hey, you want to go on the country with us? It'll be so fun. Yeah. Please. (laughs) So so long story short there, she ended up, we ended up going down to St. Martin. We had a lot of fun. Um, Where's that at? That's down in the Caribbean, like off the Caribbean. Okay. There's a French side and then there's like the normal side. Dutch side, there you go. Sorry, not normal, but like Dutch <laughs> side. This is the spot where they speak English, um, I guess I should say. Um, yeah, that's like down off the Caribbean. It's not in the Caribbean, but it's like off to the side. Um, so long story short, we had a really good time. And then I guess it was like the middle of the trip or so. Um, she went down to, because like, we stayed on this hotel that was, like, in on the beach. So she went down to the beach, and she took my little sister with her. Um, I went down along, and she was down there having sex with somebody else, some random St. Martin guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was like, uh, my sister's, like, excuse me, my sister's, like, 15. Like, can we not do that around her? Like, I was pissed. Yeah. Like, I was pissed. I was like, I'm going to beat a bitch up right now. <laughs> if we were, you know, I wouldn't get in, con- in trouble for it and be out of the country and, like, get stuck. Like, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. Um, so after that, it just kind of, that friendship fizz- fizzled out. And then, you know, I went back to, like, why can't I get good friends and what's wrong with me? And there were times that I didn't want to get up out of bed. Um, so there was that, uh, trying to think where we are. So then that was what, 2016, you said that'd been like 2009 when I graduated when she was 16, when I was 16, yeah, when she was 16, 2016 is a whole nother, another world. (laughs) 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 Um, so whenever we got back from St. Martin, we just kind of, you know, went our own separate ways and, um, developed, you know, different friendships, different things of of to do um uh at this point in my life i've been back to smoking weed for probably about a year or so um 
just, you know, at that point, it was, well, everybody's doing it. I might as well just do it. Um, so at this point, I had a different boyfriend who went to college in Delaware. Okay. And so every chance I got, I was going to Delaware because he had the drugs and I could get high. Okay. Um, it made me feel better about myself. It made me feel good. It, at that point, was helping my anxiety and my depression. Like, gotcha. I was still taking the medicine that the doctor gave me, but I was like, but if I can feel this much better... Like, I'm going to go for it. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to get whatever else I can to, to be, to get that high, to get that not, like, because the medicine kept me, like, level-headed, right. I guess I should say. But whenever you added the weed on top of it, like, oh, my gosh, like, it was, I, I was great. It was awesome. There was nothing wrong in the world. Right. Um, so I was going down there every chance that I got, every chance that he came home. Um, there were even times where he would be like, here's a little bit for you to keep until I see you next time. And that would be gone. Like lickety split. So, um, that's kind of how that went there. Um, we continued dating until, I don't know, maybe 2011 ish. And he was like, I just don't want to do this anymore because you want different things than I do. And I'm like, okay. Well, of course that broke my heart because we were high school sweethearts and he went away to college and I was ready for like marriage and children, even though we were still in school. Cause I was like, I want to have children by the time I'm 25 and be done. <laughs> so that way, whenever I'm 50, like, bye, see you later. <laughs> and here I am at 29, my kid's six, 17 months old. Um, so we, he just decided like to break it off totally. So at that point, like I hit another low, like a, a really bad low, um, my parents, my mom specifically still says like, you haven't ever been the same since that happened. Um, broken is, I can't, it's, I don't even think that's the word to use, but that's probably as good as we're gonna, gonna get. Yeah. Um, so that's when I really started noticing like sleeping a lot, not getting out of bed. I could care less what anybody else was doing. I found myself in bed more and more. Um, and then I found myself starting to shut people out. Okay. Like that was be when I, I really started like shutting people out. Even family? Yes. Especially so family. You isolated yourself. Oh yeah. And <clears throat> sorry. That was the, probably one of the worst things you could do. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause the way that life has gone since then has been a spiral out of control that I don't know that it'll ever get right back to where it needs to. Um, it's yeah. Isolating family. If I can go back, like that's probably the worst thing I've ever done. Um, so at that point I started not being home as much as I possibly could. I would go down to a friend's house. Um, her husband is a, wakes up in the morning and has a bolt to his face throughout the day. So I was like, Oh cool. I'll go down there and get some drugs. (laughs) Um, make me feel better. So I would go down there and, they would, I don't want to say like supply the drugs to get me high, but like he already had it. So he would share it with me. Um, I remember vividly one day going down there and being like, so I know I've been like smoking a lot of your weed and I don't know like how to get any. So do I bring you guys money and like you still get the weed? And she's like, well, normally like you bring your own. And I'm like, yeah, but what I'm telling you is I don't know how to get it. Like I've never known how to get it ever. Um, And she was like, okay, well, just don't worry about it for right now. I was like, okay. So at that point I went back to that ex-boyfriend because I knew he could still get me drugs because his drug dealer was in Pennsylvania and he was in Delaware. And I was like, you need to get me some drugs like right now. So he set me up with him and I got one 
bag of weed off of him. And that's all I ever bought from him because it was weird. Like it's just, it was weird. So at that point, um, I was down at their house probably every day, if not every other day. Um, I would come home when people were in bed, uh, thinking they were sleeping most of the time they probably weren't because yeah. you're a parent you wait up to your children come home yes when they're living yeah like you're not asleep you might think they are but she used to do that all the time yes yeah um now my parents wouldn't necessarily like my dad would fall asleep on the couch all the time so like you'd walk in the, the, the front door and my dad would be asleep on the couch well usually he was dead to the world and he could be like hey dad you know all that good i've got a bachelor's degree in early childhood and special education okay. so i went to school high like once or twice and i was like nope nope <laughs> can't do it because i can't remember anything like you can put all of this information out in front of me and i'm not gonna remember what you said whenever i'm done yeah. like i was never one that would be like oh i'm gonna get high and study like nah no, I, I want to get my degree. <laughs> I don't know how the rest of you are getting through this. Um, so um, on the weekends or like as soon as I would get done with school, like I was high just to try and make myself feel better. Right. Um, so as soon as I would get off school, I would go and I would get high. I would um, make food, do whatever like a normal person would do, but I did everything high. Um, probably within, I don't know, six months of meeting him, he got his own apartment and I was there every day, every other day, spent the night. I was at the point that I didn't tell my parents where I was anymore. I just didn't come home for a couple of days because you can't go home high. Dad knows what that smells like. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mom was like, do you know what marijuana is? You know, she was like that person. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I would like to try it one time, maybe. And I was like, all right, I'm not having this conversation with you. <laughs> Your mom said that to yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. I'm not having this conversation with you. Um, so I would make sure whenever I went home, like I had just taken a shower and didn't smell like weed. Um, you know, it, it's on your breath, it's on your, it's in your hands, it's in your hair, like, you can smell it in your nostrils, it's really, like, it's not a nice smell, um, so I just wouldn't go home for weeks at a time, well, this, he ended up losing this apartment and didn't have anywhere to live, mm-hmm. so instead of me being, you know, a big girl and going home because I had a place to live, yeah. I decided I was not going to have a place to live, too, what? yeah, yeah, because, you know, he was... This person that could, you know, please stop. He could get me, you know, the weed that I wanted or needed. So I decided I was going to go with him instead of staying at home. And we ended up living in, I worked at Jerry's Grocery at the time. Um, So we ended up living in a guy that I worked with's basement for a couple of months until we could find somewhere else to go. Um, My dad would call me every once in a while and I'm good. Don't need to worry about me. So have you have you tried anything besides marijuana and no, alcohol? Nope. So that's the only two things you did? Yeah. Okay. So like that whole gateway drug thing? Yeah. Bullshit. In my opinion, in your with opinion. my personality. Okay. Somebody else that's got maybe like an addictive per- Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can see it. But for me personally, right. mm, no. So you were never curious about any other drugs? I was, but I was like, mm, I know what they do to people and I'm better than that. So you're aware. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I had mushrooms in my possession that I was like, Oh, I'll eat this, this bag of mushrooms. And like, I don't even like mushrooms for like in real life. So why I'm going to take a drug mushroom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like mushrooms either. Yeah. Um, 
I could get down a fried mushroom, but like they say if you cook them, like the potency stuff goes away or whatever. Um, so I was like, I'm not going to eat these because I don't like it. Um, I also had the chance to try Molly one time and then I chickened out. Okay. Um, but no, I marijuana and alcohol are the only things I just, I've seen what it's done to people. I've lost friends to it. Amelia's lost friends to it. Um, I've lost people that I don't even know to it. So like that just wasn't, wasn't my thing. Gotcha. Um, so, um, finally he, we got, we together got an apartment, um, and Mm -hmm. in Dallas town and things like slowly started getting better between like me and my parents. Um, I would go home more often. I would invite them over for dinner. Um, but I still just didn't feel like right, I guess, but struggling with, with depression and anxiety for so long, like how do you know what you're supposed to feel like? Yeah. Cause you didn't know what it was. Right. You're going to educate yourself on it. So how are you supposed to know? Exactly. Exactly. So I, at this point I had been on and off my medicine for probably since I turned probably 21, Okay. 21. Um, so about a year or so I was on and off different medicines, but, um, then finally I was like, okay, like this, something needs to happen because I can't, I can't keep living like this. Like right. there's, there's something wrong and I need to fix it. So I, at this point I went back to the doctor. I tried, I don't even know what it was, but I've tr- I tried a medicine didn't do what, what I needed it to do. I tried another one. I must have tried five or six different medicines and then combinations of medicines until, like, I got one that works. Um, and even still, I smoked weed until probably last year. Yeah, so I'm not one of those great moms that, like, got pregnant and, oh, I need to do something about it. Like, I tried, but, like... I couldn't like I smoked through my whole pregnancy. I smoked while I was breastfeeding. So, I mean, and I'm not saying like, it's fine, do it. But like my kid's okay. Like I I was one of those persons, like my kid's okay. It's whatever. It's going to be fine. Um, I'd watched other people do it, but if I could go back, I would have quit as soon as I found out I was pregnant. Um, especially after hearing other people's stories about, you know, their pregnancy and their addiction. Um, I've really been trying to educate myself on that. I was also super sick during my whole pregnancy, so I kind of used that as an excuse to, like, it's going to make me not as nauseous because the doctors say that's what it does. <laughs> um, so I used that as an excuse, to be honest. Um, and then I had Holden. So fast forward all the back and forth, back and forth, weed the entire time. Um, got my first apartment, moved into a different trailer, still smoked weed the whole time. Um, because I thought it was helping with my anxiety and my depression. Well, it, it wasn't. It's, was it making it worse? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I stopped then last year, cause I got myself into a situation and my parents found out, like my parents didn't know this the entire the whole time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a situation at home at my home. And I had to go back to my parents' house and I had to like, it just, I don't want to go into really details of that. That can, we can talk about that another time. Okay. Um, that's Cause fine. that's, that'd be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got some stuff going on in the Thomas household. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so at that point, like my dad was furious. Like oh, yeah. he was so mad at me. He was, and I don't even know if he was mad, but like disappointed. Okay. Like, you know, that feeling like you never want to be like the disappointment child. Yep. Your girl. Yep. <laughs> Um, so I stopped then and there and that's what that was. But then at that point I'm like, whoa, medicine, I need something cause I'm going downhill. Yeah. Um, I suffered with postpartum 
depression really, really bad after I had Holden. So what's that? So that is basically like postpartum is after you have your child and then you're depressive. So like you have this child inside of you, you grow this child and then all of a sudden you're nothing. Like it's, it's a a really deep connection to the pregnancy. And when that connection is broken, you go downhill really, really fast. Yeah. So like I just spent nine months growing this child inside of me and then I pushed him on out and now I'm nothing. Like I'm a milk machine, but I am nothing. So you saw Uh, yourself as a tool basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was by myself for seven weeks. Um, my mom and sister would come over occasionally. I don't want to discredit that. They would come over and help me. Um, my person went back to work two weeks after he was born. So from during those times when my mom and sister weren't over because she was working and my mom was, well, she had to take care of other stuff because there was stuff going on with my grandparents and this and that and everything else. So I spent eight hours a day by myself with a baby being only a mom. Like mm-hmm. I lost myself. Like not Carissa. I'm not a friend or daughter or sister. Like I'm nothing. Like I am simply a mom and that's all I'm here for. So at that point, cause I, whenever I was in the hospital, like they do all of these um, questionnaires or tests to see okay. if you're like a candidate for postpartum depression. And before I even left the hospital, they were like, before you, we let you leave here, you need to call your doctor and get back on your medicine really? because I had gone off my medicine for the pregnancy cause it wasn't safe. So they're like, you need to call your doctor and you need an appointment before. Like, we need to see proof of an appointment before you leave. And I was like, all right, fine. So I went back two days after he was born. I went to see my family doctor and he put me back on the same dosage and medicine that I was on. Like when I got pregnant before I like weaned myself off of it. Um, and I couldn't be on any when I was pregnant because the one that's safe, I'm allergic to. Cause I oh, tried really? it like a couple, like that was one of the ones that I tried and had got hives. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, so he put me back on that and he told me to wait like six weeks and then come back and see him. I ran back through his door in six weeks because it wasn't, wasn't working. Enough. It wasn't enough. So he upped my dosage. Um, and it was doing really, really well. Um, I was doing so well, actually, that back in July, I was like, I don't need this medicine anymore. And so here I am at the end of August in a really bad spot in a really bad place because I haven't been on my medicine in two months. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So that's the other thing. Like, if you are finding something that works for you, like, don't stop because you think you're... And I I don't want to say, like, I thought I was cured necessarily, but, like... I think I can handle life. Like, come on, throw it at me. Right. And then I've had quite a few things thrown at me since then. (laughs) And, um, I got back on my medicine. Needless to say, yes. (laughs) Because even after I've probably been on and off medicine, I think they're like legally allowed to give it to you when you're 18. So 11 years of being on and off medicine, like I still have not learned my lesson. Like you need this. You can get it before 18. Can you? Let's see. I don't remember when I started it, but I know I saw the doctor young um so i guess the other thing is like you wouldn't necessarily know just by looking at someone if they're suffering with mental health like you can't yeah you can never pick out anybody really unless you i guess it comes back to stigma Mm -hmm. exactly did you ever feel like you were stigma have stigma of yourself or what were the kind of things like people will call you were they name calling lazy would be the biggest one that I got. You don't care about anything. Um, why can't you get up and do anything? I guess it wasn't really name calling. It was more like phrases. Like, 
I mean, getting called lazy, that's a name, but like, yeah. why can't you get up and do anything? It's all don't in your you head care? kind of thing. Yeah. And... Like, I don't, is this real? Like, I don't believe you. Um, there's no reason you can't get up off the couch today. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's more of like, I don't want to say like not believing that it's actually happening, but like, did that put you down or? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, so is even worse. I'm already battling with this inside my head. Like my depression and my anxiety might be annoying to you, but like, imagine what I'm feeling like right. dealing with it all day, every day. Yep. So whenever you're put down and put down and put down and put down, like you start to believe it. Like, oh, oh yeah. I am lazy because I didn't get up and do this today. Or, oh no, I don't care about anything other than me because I didn't do this today. Yeah. So it definitely comes back to the stigma of like, you could look at somebody and not know like they're suffering with mental illness. And I know Millie gave us those books. I, I was like reading a couple of pages and I was like, everybody's got something messed yeah. up with them. Like they're everyone. Yeah, there is yeah. absolutely no normal. I didn't yeah. realize there were so many different things, disorders yeah. and stuff in that book. Yeah, it was crazy. Lot. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard to go through life and meet someone that's not suffering with something similar that, than you are. Like, I know your dad's from listening. He's yep. got like the PTSD and yep. stuff, but like, his depression isn't that much different than mine necessarily. Like it seems like no. And I mean, your mom is got, I'm sure depression. I think I heard as well. Yeah. I think she's going through that. Um, but like everyone's story seems to kind of tie in together that just talk to somebody and, and be kind because you don't know what they're going through. They and could that, be going through something so similar to you. And that goes back to you isolating yourself. That mm-hmm. was probably the worst thing you can do. Oh yeah. Yeah, because now, I mean, probably within the past year or so, I've finally gotten myself to the point, like, if something happens or I'm going downhill, I can call my sister and be that's like, good, hey, <laughs> this yep. is what's going on. I either need you to come here or I need you to talk to me or I need to come to your house. That's good. Which is more, it's usually just like, talk to me on the phone or let's text a little bit. But I'm, I'm, it's still, I'm still learning. It's, it's something I'm probably going to be learning. For the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, we all do. Yeah. I'll learn how to deal with things. Yeah. So, um, like I said, now it's not, it's not so good. You wouldn't know just by talking to me, but it's, I'm not in a good place at all. I'm not, you know, suicidal or anything like that, but I'm just, a lot of it is situational and I need to change the situation in order for, for anything else to change. But, um, that's basically kind of where we are. Um, kind of my story as far as battling mental health. And I guess you could kind of say addiction too. I mean, yeah, I guess it goes hand in hand I, with each other. Yeah. Like I, I more thought of it like as mental health, but the more I think about it, like, I, I mean, I guess I was addicted to weed. I mean, I wouldn't say I was like addicted to alcohol. I was 21 and I like to drink, but yeah. <laughs> that could be looked at either way. Um, gotcha. so I mean, yeah, yeah, life, life's, life's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And it goes back like all these the curiosity on doing these different drugs and stuff like that. They want to, they want to escape life. And that's mm-hmm. what basically it does to you. Oh, you, and you escape it. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I, I use my mental health, I guess, as an excuse to be like, oh, this is going to help me. Yeah. So like now all this stuff coming around with like the medical cards and stuff like that. I'm like, keep that as far away from me as you can. Yeah. Like, I don't need to go right back down that path ever yeah. again. That's good that you know that. Yeah. Cause anymore, like I just get so paranoid and like, they know I'm high. They know what I'm doing. They know that I have a kid. Like, what are they, they're looking at me. Like, I just, it's not fun anymore. So you fear judgment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I am, I'm yeah. the same way. I'm the same way. Yeah. So. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, I just hope that people understand, like, just be, just looking at somebody, you know, that stigma 
Yep. You don't know what they're going through. I also think it's like really important. That a lot of people don't look at it this way. Like you go to the dentist for regular checkups. Like you go to your family doctor for physicals. Why wouldn't you see someone for your mental health issues? And people don't look at it that way. It's always I like, I think I heard that from you last time. you were Yeah. There. People are always going to think there's something wrong. Like you yeah. think they're always yeah. afraid someone's going to think there's something wrong with you instead of just like looking at it like a regular, like checkup. I like the way you put sure. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I go back. I think it's like every six months I go see my family doctor to make sure everything's okay. That's good. Now I, of course, like lump that physical and everything together if I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go to a therapist just to see like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. a different perspective maybe or just like maybe I do have a problem that I don't know of or something like that. Oh, yeah. My parents have been, my mom's been telling me for years that I need to go talk to somebody and I just. But that's the stigma of going to a therapist too. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that on another podcast is then people were like, you're going to a therapist? Like, what's wrong with you? You crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else? No, I think that's pretty much my story. I mean, do you have any other questions for me? Not that I can think okay. of. I mean, if you think of anything else. It's She's not got like... your kid outside. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you ever hear the 12 steps? Yes, but I don't know what, like I couldn't know? tell you like okay. what any of them are other than a higher power. And I've, tr- I've tried that too. Um, I was super religious, like back before this all started, I was like church every day and we're not going to say the F word and you know, yeah. we're going to do Bible verses. And then like I strayed away from it and then I got back to it when I was like, I don't know, 18. And then when I was 20 or so, I strayed back away from it and then I tried to get back to it after Holden was born. And like my dad, even this morning was like, so when are you going to come back to church with us? You haven't met the new pastor. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> we just had a pastor on our last episode. I don't know if you guys got to listen to that. We just put it up today. No, I didn't. I, I was going to turn it on. Yet. That's a good one. Yeah, you got to listen, listen to that I was going to turn it on on my way here, and then I was like, it's too pretty to put the windows down, and I can't yeah. turn this the whole way up, so it's going to have to wait till I leave. <laughs> yeah, I got to work on the volume in this, but uh, yeah, that was a really good one. He uh, He's a true believer in the 12 steps. Okay. Not just for addiction. It could be for anything. Yeah. And I like, I've heard of it, but I've, I don't, one is a higher power. That's all I know, and it's, I don't even know what number it is. That's it's, two. Okay. It's so funny that you say that, because in church this morning, our pastor was just talking about how much of a believer in the 12-step program he is. That's crazy. Yeah. so weird that you said Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Do you have any questions for us or no, me? No, I don't think so. I would, though, like to talk to your dad. I do have a couple questions for him, just because okay. he's talked about like his depression and stuff like that. And gotcha. I, I related a lot to it. So maybe I would, I would like to talk to him maybe one time if he's up for it. Yeah, we can. I can talk to him today before you guys leave. Okay. Yeah. But, uh... All right, well, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, we're going to get her sister's story next. Yay. So uh, share the, make sure you guys share the podcast. Uh, leave any comments, ideas like uh, Carissa did. Like she, the volume. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. I mean, we appreciate that kind of stuff because we won't know unless somebody tells us. But uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one.